Hello and welcome to the Darren Clarkson King podcast. I'm Darren Clarkson King and this is our podcast. Today we're in a little cottage in Llanberis in North Wales and we're talking to a Mr David Thompson, known as Crazy Dave. In the lounge of the house, we've got all the normal things that people have in their lounges, you know, like coffee tables and sofas and stack of wacker kayaks and a load of paddles next to the fireplace. And then we've got in front of us, which is no help to me because I'm teetotal, but it's quite a help to Dave, we've got a bottle of Kukuri rum, which I brought back from Nepal from a restaurant called Moondance. Now Dave, why is Moondance important? Our <laughs> 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 uh, Moondance is definitely... Um, it's part of, it's, uh, a key part of my time in my formative years in Nepal. Um, turning up, initially just doing a season expedition kayaking, decided I will go to Nepal, do a bunch of expedition paddling. Only when the first guidebook came out, it was like, ah, we'll go there. And then. Uh, yeah, I got sucked in and <laughs> this started a long time of paddling in Nepal. How many years do how many years have you done in Nepal now, Dave? It's now going on for twenty five years that I've been expedition paddling. That's a lot, isn't it? Uh That's a lot. I have no idea how many seasons I've done in Nepal. Well, 50, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially going on Potentially for that. 50. Potentially going on for that. Now, for the listeners that uh, don't know our backstory, Dave's like one of my best mates, if not my best mate, which is really strange because we are polar opposites. <laughs> uh, very, very much. Very much polar opposites. And I've done a lot of Himalayan kayaking with Dave and kayaking in other countries with Dave as well. Now, a bit, bit of a backstory. Uh, I met Dave on the boat of Cozy in Nepal when the boat of Cozy only had the hydro at Lamasangu. Dave was working for one company, I was working for the other company. Dave, I think, you were safety boating in the disco, or video boating in the disco with a pelican strapped to the back? At the time, yes. Yes, at the time. Um, I was buying a rather large camera. Uh, I, had, I used to have a video camera cam strapped between my legs so pretty much well a suicide box um, cam strapped between my legs and then I decided to buy a bigger camera a better camera but it wouldn't fit in the disco so I ended up putting uh, drilling on a brooch loop at the back and then cam strapping a pelly case to the back of my boat classy so. <laughs> <laughs> But still paddling a disco, class five, no problem, jumping out, filming. No everything. problem. Yeah, all fun. Right. So for those guys, people that don't know the disco, there's actually one in Dave's Lounge, I'm just looking at it now. <laughs> it's about, what, 240 centimetres long? Yeah. Something like that, isn't it? It's not very long, is it? 210. 210. <laughs> <laughs> That's as, as, as long as my paddles. Now, I've known Dave a long time. One of the stories that I'd love Dave to just briefly summarise now <laughs> <laughs> is a river in Argentina, Dave, in yeah. a disco. 
Now, I've heard a lot of this like on the grapevine, this story, and I've heard it from you, but I want listeners to know this story. So just summarise why it's important that I'm talking about a disco and a first descent in Argentina. Right. <laughs> well, I said, well, <clears throat> I just finished, I was just completing a season in Argentina and um, I'd already been asked by some friends in Barra um, would you like to go to South America? And my answer was, yeah, of course, why not? Um, well, uh, we planned it, and it's like, right, it's going to be uh, disappearing in December. Everyone was planning their trip, sort of thing. This was their trip for the season, sort of thing. It's like, well, right, first of all, I have to go to Nepal. I have a season in Nepal that I'm doing. Um, and the plan was to go to Chile. But my plans got slightly changed because I'd done a Nepal season just before. And my last river was on the Marshangbi. And this was before any of the extra dams had been built there was still there was the original dam but as far as i was concerned this was still mint condition marsh angry where you could still do a five-day self-support trip and we were running rafting trips and occasional kayak trips going higher up from uh, i think it's called shanja was the original putting point way above the rafting putting point but um yeah the last day of that trip i again paddling a disco um coming through one rapid i got typewriters into a rock and my elbow contact was contacted with the rock and i ended up with a big um fluid bubble on my elbow so flew home and I think I had a week between arriving home and then booked flight to go to Santiago so called in the hospital got it x-rayed no there's no break there it's like right okay no problem oh I'm not wasting the ticket, so, but I can't paddle properly at the moment, so it's like, I'll fly with the guys, so turned up in Argentina, uh, turned up in Chile, and it was like, right guys, um, I need some respite, so, they all turned around and it's like, right, okay, no problem, maybe we'll meet up later. But they went out and spent a couple of days sorting out uh, a high lux for their trip where they spent $2,200, I think it was, hiring a high lux for two months. And I disappeared off to the bus station and uh, spent $20 
on a bus ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and disappeared across Puerto Rios in Argentina next to the Rio Mendoza. And um, yeah, I ended up spending two and a half months in Mendoza. Oh, that was my base. But um, yeah, part, part way through that trip, we did loads. I did a couple of trips into Chile with uh, a good friend, Gabrielle, that I'd known from Nepal for, I don't know, six years at this point. But then it got suggested, just, ah, there's this first descent that we'd like to go and do. It's like, yeah, cool, why not? Um, my Spanish was pretty much all non-existent at this point and their English wasn't great but we decided yeah me, Gabriel, Silvio um, organised this thing it's like, so how long is it going to take? three days okay three days cool bought food for three days um, took a day to drive in stayed at some refuge and then we ended up getting on horses. Uh, we got a horse each, a spare horse, which I was a little bit confused of, and uh, a couple of mules, two or three mules, that we uh, put the boats on, and then trotted in. Trotted in. Trotted in. Trotted in. <laughs> how long's this trot in, Dave? The trot in? I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure how you explain how you... Uh... You've got gallop. Well, it's not hiking. I certainly wasn't galloping. <laughs> <laughs> I got on the horse at the start of the point where we were at the refuge. I got on the horse and I turned around to my friend Gabriel. It's like, so, how the fuck did you drive this thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, everyone, Dave's half, half away down a bottle of them, so if we do swear, I'm really sorry. <laughs> right, so you're driving a horse now into this river. I'm Is now it... driving a horse into this river. Um, we're going over, I think it was 5,000 metre pass. I think it was a 5,000 metre pass. Um, but we're going into... This river called the Tunijan comes from the highest volcano in South America. So, uh, we trot in down to this place. I'm actually allergic to, I have asthma and what have you, and I'm allergic to animals. So, it turns out that horses that I'm they're an animal, Dave, aren't they? Allergic to. They've got hair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more than you've got. <laughs> more than I've got, yeah. Um, yeah, we end up trotting into there, get to this refuge. And uh, I'm not fully equipped with a vast amount of uh, my uh, asthma drugs, my Ventolin and what have you. But then we start this trip. And yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a random one. But no, we start on this canyon. An amazing place. 
But on the journey in, it was like I was all I was wondering why have we got a spare horse? And then we crossed over this pass, and then we're going down into the valley of the Tunisian. And then I see horse skeletons. And at this point, it was like, ah, that's why we've got a spare horse, just in case one breaks leg and dies. <laughs> But yeah, we end up getting on the river, thinking, ah, three days, brilliant. Like I say, a lot lost in translation between us because of language barriers and what have you. But we end up in this incredible canyon, desert canyon. And uh, after three days, we end up at this one section where it's completely choked out. Like seriously choked out and it's like absolutely no way through so we end up portaging for a day is that like the portage on serpent's tail dave that's a little bit more than the portage <laughs> on serpent's tail <laughs> is it like the portage on pond coffin yeah a little bit more than that as well yeah no, must be the portage like fairy falls then yeah we've got Boulder chokes of uh, house-sized boulders just stacked on each other. And we're walking around stuff, and then we come to a cliff on the side of the river that we're on, and then it's like it's still terminal rapids in front of us. But the only place to carry on portaging on the other side of the river, so we end up jumping back in the boats, making must-make ferry glides just to get to the other side of the river to continue the portage to then come across exactly the same to then make must make ferry glides back across above terminal siphons and stuff and yeah we end up it takes a day for this to do this um and then yeah at this point it's uh yeah we then decide to camp and we then start taking stock of how much food we have. <laughs> uh, we'd planned for three days, and we've already been there for three days. And, um, yeah, it's high water, probably too high for this river. And, uh, yeah, we then decided to abandon the kayaks left them well above the river line and then decided to walk out because the river was just way too much and I'm admittedly I'm in a disco my footrest is my thermorest <laughs> um, okay. have you run out of fags at this point? I'm dangerously close to running <laughs> out of cigarettes <laughs> as well as my aspirin inhalers um yeah, at that point, it then took us a further two days to walk out from this point. And it was probably, it was a good move that we decided to scrap stuff. Um, even walking out, there was a section where we had to pass the cliff. And uh, we tied together three throw lines. Um I ended up belaying my friend Gabrielle um, 
far enough down. Dave, you can you, you can like do this <laughs> this physical thing of a bee limit. No I one know. can see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the memory that is there. I'm belaying Gabrielle down the side of this cliff, down the side of this rapid. But we haven't got enough distance of rope for him to actually reach the eddy. So we get Gabrielle close enough and then I hang on the rope and then jump in the river. And then we swim connected to this rope far enough. He makes it to the next eddy at the other end of this cliff. And then he just pulls in the rope as quickly as possible so I don't end up floating down the next bit. Um, at this point, we end up losing our pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we decided at that point, it was like, I thought that was a little bit of a catastrophe. But Gabrielle turned around and was like, oh, doesn't matter. I know how, we only had rice left at this point anyway. It was like, I know how to boil, I know how to cook rice in a plastic bag over a stove. Was he lying? No, this is something he learnt in the military. Um, but yeah, that was, that's just, uh, you just take these things into account. At the end of the day, you've got no choice. <laughs> <laughs> we then spent another day walking out after that um, and uh, we eventually walked out of the canyon and we didn't realize this but we ended up walking straight into a military camp um, and as a Brit in Argentina walking into a military camp unofficially not through the gate <laughs> a little bit tricky <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up getting escorted to the camp commander and uh, they were actually so impressed because they do the arctic warfare training on the glaciers of the volcano at the top at the putting point but they do not in any way shape or form go into the canyon this canyon is just like out of bounds it's just too extreme so they were most impressed um and we asked well we've left our boats in there it's like do you mind if we come back next year to come and collect our kayaks and it's like you guys for what you've done you're welcome um so shoot forward 14 months because we weren't going back in 12 months later because we needed lower water so we went back 14 months later and uh, they remembered us which is probably a good thing as you would because we were <laughs> random people that turned up in the military camp for the wrong entrance and uh, they they turned around and said like so okay how long do you need it's like would five days be okay to walk in and then paddle out it's like now five days it's like we start live fire exercises in five days so you've got four days it's like you can go in but if you're not out we're starting live fire exercises into the canyon whether you're in or out so it's like, okay we'll do it in four <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant dave but yeah we went in we got our boats we finished the river and yeah over a 
14 month period we completed the first ascent of the study <laughs> now for people that are listening to this podcast I really wanted to ask Dave about Himalayan paddling but I just love that story about paddling the Tunisian I think it's one of my favourites another one of my stories and people that listen to this podcast as you all know it's not sponsored by anybody it's got nothing to do with pure land expeditions even though i name drop it now and then and no i don't care if anybody listens to it but i'm looking around dave's house now and there's a map on the back wall of the himalaya right which is really well looked at and really extensively not paddled the map obviously it's a bit of paper but paddling the rivers in that map and next to it, there's a picture of Flamberry's Falls. I'm not going to ask you about Flamberry's Falls, Dave. A, because I was there, and people can watch the video, because it's on YouTube, mm. the second descent. But I'm going to ask you about, is it a river in Scotland, waterfall in Scotland, called Black Spout? Have I got that right? Yes. Black Spout. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit, because Dave's up rolling the fag. <laughs> right? Now, for those that... I can, st- I can still talk whilst rolling the cigarette. Right, so Dave's going to sort of pipe in a bit. He's rolling a fag and drinking his, uh, his Kakuri rum from Dorsier, which is pretty standard for Dave, you know. Dave gave me a bit of advice once, and this is not meant to be, like, taken 100% serious or <laughs> you know, offensive in any way, shape or form, but we were on the Humbler, and uh, me and Dave were both in our 40s, and I asked Dave if he had a pension plan. Dave, what's your pension plan? Cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Black Spout, Dave. Tell us a bit about Black Spout. Black Spout. Um, Well, I'd run Falls of Flamboris. I think I was 17 when I did my descent. My first descent of of, uh, Falls of Flamboris. And if Two years after the first group descent of uh, Sean Baker, Chris Hipgrave, um, Tony something, I can't remember all the names of the guys, Um, but no, that was (coughs) a huge inspiration for me. I think I, Sean Baker had started doing the various waterfalls of Wales and various places sort of thing and it was inspirational for me and I seem to be ticking them off quite soon after they'd done them like within like two years and I did Swallow Falls at 14 and the Pump Coving at 13 um, and then this culminated in Falls of Flamboris when I was 17. And then I started looking for other interesting stuff. Um, there's another drop in Scotland called Intree Falls, um, just south of Fort William. And there's a lot of contention about who was the first ascent from there. And I'm pretty damn sure that it was me and my friends that actually did the first thing. Never publicised or anything. Dave, you've never publicised anything? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we just went out and did stuff. 
but yeah, um, in three falls of club, I think it's a hundred foot or something like that. It's a steep slide that you end up taking off a couple of times on the way down, landing on rocks and flying off and what have you. But no, that was a sort of an interim one, and I found this other drop. I bought a book on the waterfalls of Scotland just to look through it, just to see what was available. And then I found this drop called Black Spout, which is in Pitlochry, on just off the A9. And this really fascinated me. And um, I've only done the first drop. The second drop isn't wonderful. Um, but the first drop is 84 feet. And it comes down a slide that's probably, I don't know, 60. 70 degrees or something like that and then falls off I don't know a 50 foot free fall or something and I think I might be wrong I thought the plunge pool was deeper at the time when I first looked at this but when I went back and checked it out properly on the day that we did it it turned out the plunge pool was only 4 feet deep but I was still convinced ah fuck it <laughs> It'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to land on my side. Because if I land flat, I'm definitely going to break my back. If I land nose first, I'm going to break my legs. But if I land on my side, I'm going to rig rib cage or just take the shot. <laughs> Ribs take an awful lot. Um, you're going to say that they've taken off a lot of force, aren't you, Dave? A lot of flex. Yeah, flex. Yeah, flex, flex is, yeah. Flex is... <laughs> your lips take a lot of flex. <laughs> and this was when, uh, back in the day, the hammer had just been sort of introduced. In fact, I think this was just before the hammer had just been introduced. So throwing a cartwheel off a waterfall, as it's probably known as now, but it was known back in the day as a hammer. But I think I was probably the first person to throw a hammer, especially at 84 foot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going, to, I'm going to sort of stop you there, because David's just said that ribs are quite flexible. And they are, Dave, but they're not, and they're way more flexible than in your neck, aren't they? Because, <laughs> Dave, you broke your neck, didn't you? I didn't break my neck. No, go on then. I prolapsed, I prolapsed two discs in my neck. But you did have a Robocop suit, didn't you? At a party. <laughs> you, you did have like a special thing that kept your head from falling off. Yeah, I had a, um, a solid neck brace for about two months after that. And your rehab, the first review you did after your rehab, was something for Nissan Games, wasn't it? <laughs> In Switzerland. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, that was like some crazy Class 5 ditch. Mm. As your like post-rehab. I mean, that's I not... think I was recovering from a broken ankle as well at the same time. <laughs> right, so we've, we've spoken a little bit to, to Dave Thompson, Crazy Dave, and I'm sure we could ask him why he's called Crazy Dave, and he won't tell us. Will you, Dave? Why are you called Crazy Dave? That was a name that was given from my early years in Nepal. Um, I turned up in Nepal. And, like I said, I turned up and did 
a month long trip. Expedition kayaking with a bunch of people. I think there was six of us, five or six of us that turned up. Once you get older, Dave, do you lose count of people? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, turned up in the pool. This is Slime's fault. I met Slime at um, the International Whitewater Safety Symposium, where I was actually talking about black bags. And full plate footrests. Shock absorbing footrests. Yes. So for those that think Dave's reckless and a bit of a loose cannon, to be invited to talk at was it at the Brennan? It was that was at the Brennan. How it old was are the you? international I was nineteen at the time. And nineteen talking at the Brennan about what is now basically safety innovation. Mm. That's awesome. I was extremely intimidated because I got people like John Wilde, Mick Hopkinson, Dave Manby, Lowell Collins, some of the major names in Whitewater. People that had turned up from all over the world. I, I felt very intimidated, but I'd been invited to turn up and do a talk. Um, but no, that was the time that I met Slime. And that was the point that changed my life and then became an international river bull. Because <laughs> I'm sure you could have been somewhat sensible, couldn't you, Dave? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that was ever an option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, right, I, I was going to talk about why Dave's got crazy, Dave, but that's irrelevant. But no, this is, this is the point. It was like, I ended up in the porch and I did my first trip and I enjoyed it so much. I did a, a month in March, and we did Chisuli just to avoid the bus ride down the road. I know, I know people did Chisuli as a, a standard trip now. Back then, it was like, nah, this is just to avoid the road. Um, we then went straight from there to the Marshangi, did like five days self-support on the Marshangi. Then <coughs> I think we ended up going off to... Yeah, we ended up going to the Canali and we ended up being employed as safety kayakers on the Canali for a bath trip and that was when I ended up meeting um, some very good Nepali friends that were guides, um, another character called Biff, although Biff doesn't like to be known as Biff, he's now Neil Jones and he's a very respectable bath guide. Um, why is he called Biff? <laughs> Biff is called Biff because apparently Biff is uh, New Zealand slang for puking. And uh, Biff was very hungover and threw up out of the front seat of... threw out of the front window of the rafting bus. And all the tyres windows were open on the rest of the minibus. And due to the speed, his puke just went straight through all the windows and into the tyre places. <laughs> it well, took him a long time to get rid of that name. I've still not got rid of Crazy Dave. No, Dave's not got rid of Crazy Dave. Now, we've gone to 31 minutes on this podcast, and I know that... <laughs> yeah! And I know that the audio's going to be a bit quiet for Dave, A, principally because Dave's drinking and smoking and sat on his sofa, and secondly because... Dave's not a loud mouth like me. <laughs> but that's fine. I might talk to Dave later, but I just want to say, 
to people that are listening is there's people like Dave all over the world that are really reluctant to tell their stories unless you get them a bottle of curry rum and a pack of fags. And you can probably hear Dave's glass there clinking away. You've got ice in your rum. Of course. Of course, ice <laughs> in his rum. But there's, there's loads of people out there that you may never have heard of that have been pushing the boundaries when it comes to kayaking and when it comes to climbing and when it comes to paragliding and stuff like that. And Dave's, Dave's up there with, you're up there with the best, mate. Yeah. And we know that. Now, <laughs> if you read a little video, you'd see Dave now sprawled on his couch with his tab of a tab on and a drink. <laughs> right, and I'm saying he's one of the best in the world, and he is. And the stuff he's done has been epic, and he hates talking about it. Right, so whatever you do, don't write into this podcast and ask me questions about Dave, because Dave won't answer them. That's true, I won't. You won't, will you, Dave? <laughs> no, but no. I might. I might make up a lot of stories about you. I might make up a story that me and you once have to spoony cuddle in the, in the doorway of a sewage works in Italy because the car suspension failed. Yes. That's not made up, though, is it? No. No. Not at all. Not at all. Or the fact that we once slept in a field in Pemberton in the, in the rain... I think your bivvy bag leaks so much that we had about four litres of water in it. I had to empty that sleeping bag, about <laughs> two litres of water, and then we ended up going to the nearest outdoor shop and bought decent bivvy bags. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to talk at all that, uh, about buying shower camises in Pakistan and Dave putting a cigarette burn through one. Not it wasn't a cigarette burn, it was a rock burn. Was it now, David? Yes. I was trying to be polite on this well, podcast. No, might as well be truthful. Um, we ended up giving a lift to some guy that was hitching. And yourself, you don't partake in alcohol or hashish or anything like that. And our driver, Fayez, bless him, he was an absolute star. He didn't do anything of that sort. He quite liked a little bit of a drink. But no, we ended up giving this guy a lift and he asked, Oh, you smoke hashish? And I was like, of course. And uh, yeah, first day that I was wearing my shower camis, I ended up putting a rock burn straight through the front front area of the toweling bit at the front. Just before we ended up walking into a police check post. But yeah. Thankfully, Fayed then provided me with one of his spare shower camellias. You see, I was quite well, I was going to be polite. But I think that's probably where your name Crazy comes from, isn't it? Partially. Yeah. Partially. <laughs> did, you, did you not do the first the first descent of the Matterhorn staircase? <laughs> I did actually do the first descent of the Matterhorn staircase in Pokhara, just behind Moondance. Yeah, isn't it? Where where this bottle of cookery rum came from? Yeah, which is a lovely little conclusion, isn't it, mm. to this podcast? I really hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Like I say, it's rattled on to thirty-five minutes, and we're normally about twenty-one. So I'm really pleased you've enjoyed it. But me and Dave have just enjoyed speaking to nobody, haven't we, Dave? <laughs> we have. Yeah, we've it been. Could sa- go on for hours. But we're not. We're, we're going to stop it. We might do another one later. Not today, though. But I've really enjoyed it. If you've got any questions about anything, you can put them in the comments on this podcast. Principally because it'll wind Dave up. And I like it in that. Anyway, I'm going to sign off now. Do you want to sign off, Dave? Good night. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>